Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverell and Chris Sasser, and thanks for joining us today. And Troy, we're going to have uh, what seems to look like a, a fun conversation. <laughs> I might be being a little sarcastic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that, because oh. we're going to talk about something that, that can, or some things that can be kind of pretty hard in our lives, right? This is such a, uh, an, a just an interesting topic, because I don't know anyone that actually, and I know that I'm sure there are some out there that want to have things in their life um, that feel so consuming or defeating of their life and especially their, uh, their walk with God. And so when I see uh, or meet with people that, you know, are asking for help, obviously um, I believe that wholeheartedly. I don't, I don't sit back and think, ah, you're just here and you don't really want this. I really see that people want to be free from what I would call strongholds in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I think of a stronghold, the picture I get is that of a vice that you, you know, tighten down onto perhaps a a workbench to hold something in place um, so that it doesn't move. And I think that we develop strongholds in our life um, just throughout life that keeps a behavior or a a belief in place that um, more so than what we tend to do is pay attention to the behaviors more than what has locked this in. Mm. Now, let me ask you this question, because obviously I, I often have a lens of, of kids. Uh, how early do people, do you think, begin to develop some of these strongholds in their life? I think immediately. I think, I think that as a child comes into this world in a fallen state, um, sometimes that, that inside of that person, even in that fallen state is, uh, some things from fallen nature of those that have been before him, as well as just entering this world in a, in that state. So I think the precept is already there or the precepts. And so I don't think that's always the case, but I do think that that actually, uh, is something that we are wrestling with with kids, adolescents, as well as adults, that these things have been around from the time they got here. Yeah, that makes t- so much sense to me. And, and even in being around a lot of kids and my own kids, you, know, you can see strongholds begin to be developed, and you're like, no, yeah. please don't don't develop that. Yeah. Don't go there. To really sit back and try to to listen to people's stories um, and to just hear them without making too quick of an assessment or a judgment or, you know, might even what we would call discernment. And you'll, you'll begin to see that, uh, again, people are find themselves in places that they, they themselves don't understand how they got there. Mm -hmm. And it's not always just the, uh, behavior that, but it's the stronghold that locked that in. And so identifying what those strongholds are begins to be the task, uh, just that comes first through listening, I think. Yeah, so I know that you want to talk kind of about both behaviors and beliefs when it comes to strongholds. So 
um, start telling us sort of some of the, the underpinnings of where these strongholds come from? Well, first of all, there are many behaviors. And so I've just listed a few here um, that I'll mention. Uh, the one that I probably see the most is addic- addictions, uh, different kinds of addictions, whether that's to uh, substance addictions or what we would call in the clinical world process addictions, uh, where people have a set pattern of behaviors that have grown upon themselves that normally I find people want out of. They sit before me and they're like, they feel trapped. And so I totally believe them. It's, it's, is it this love-hate do they hate the addiction? Yes. Do they love the addiction? I say to a degree, yes, but some of it also is that it's developed such a habitual way of life that I wouldn't call it love as much as it feels like it's tied to a need. I have to have this. Can I ask you a question about that? That does harken back to some other conversations that we've had because um, I wonder, and I've been in some conversations where oftentimes when someone has an addiction, uh, it becomes a part of their identity. Right. And that's part of what makes it difficult to sort of let go of that addiction. Do you find that to be true with people? I do. And I think that we have to be very careful um, in so many ways, you know, and again, uh, what is it? Uh, wise as a servant, innocent as a dove. <laughs> we need to remember that people uh, do get a pattern of belief over time that my behavior defines who I am or my desires define who I am and neither one of those define who you are. And I think it's really beginning to say, well, then what have I told myself all these years since I've had this addiction, you know, and, um, I, you know, I am a believer in whatever the truth is. And I think that we are all in pursuit of what this truth is, not in the sense of who is truth, but the source and the source of truth, but what is truth about issues, matters, et cetera. Um, and I don't think that we just should just choose whatever we believe. I think we need to really get to the core of what does God teach is truth. That's where I need to, and what I need to rely on. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Okay, so what are some other behaviors that kind of are part of these strongholds? I think another behavior is, um, and these are just some of the ones that I I do see, uh, there's like this incessant word, if that's the right word, incessant desire to talk about other people or to get involved in other people's lives. (laughs) You're smiling. so (laughs) I'm smiling because uh, in our house we call it drama. And what we started saying to our kids from a very early age is stay away from the drama. Don't nobody like no drama. Right. (laughs) So that's kind of what I picture. That's why I I smiled. I tell you what, it's it's tough. And I think in religious circles it's probably even stronger. Yeah. Um, In part because we... We're being taught and we have truth inside of us, but we're not the truth. And so it's like this missed uh, opportunity that we want to take advantage of to help people know where they're, they're wrong or what they should be thinking. <laughs> we got to set them straight. <laughs> That's right. So we, we choose to get involved in the drama. It's like the latest news has just, uh, but I, th- I think it gets to this place where people are doing it so much that that is a part of just their their constant life and yeah. the amount of the amount of anxiety and depression even that can come from just from everyone who's drama because yeah. i think we all have drama sure we do um it's just like man i, I don't 
I don't need any more drama. I've got yeah. I got enough of my own. Yeah, don't please don't suck me into everybody else's drama. <laughs> right. Or, or and, and I wonder if again, you know, kind of going back to, to adolescents and teenagers, they get sucked into drama because of the social media that they're such a part of, which we've talked about in a number of different uh, mm. ways. But but it's just it's almost like if you if you're not in someone else's drama nowadays, right, you're on the outside. Well, I think that goes in just this deceptive belief that all of us can develop simply because of the power, the influence of the culture around us, regardless of what culture that is, whether or not it's the culture we live in, in, the, in this community, this world, or is it the culture of perhaps the school we're in or the church that we're in. And if you think about a child, you know, if we're training and teaching by modeling and not, we're not doing it necessarily because you know, from the standpoint, I'm trying to do this, but if that's the life that I'm living and I have others watching me, then what they would grow to think is normal, it's just common sense, is that this is what life looks like. I get involved in everybody's drama. I have an opinion on it. I share it. You know, I like it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I if I don't like it, I... Uh, unfollow them. Unfollow them. Right. Yeah, whatever <laughs> that is. So, but I, again, I think it's a, uh, it can become... The behavior and the beliefs that go with it become a stronghold. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. What else? I think uh, I think one that you know is so hard to see, and um, it's self harm. You know, coming from the belief that I don't matter, um, or I can't stand who I am, or even it's the only thing that I can find that I have control of, or that I can release the pressure from. You know, so. Again, that belief is ingrained in part due to the, uh, or the behavior is ingrained in part due to the belief that's there. Um, another one is just um, apathy, uh, disconnected. This is one that I think I see more recently over the last couple of years. And it's just this, it's just like relationally, you're detached from relationships or people more and more because. It feels, and here's the belief, and you may not be thinking this, but it's the belief you're operating in, I'm safer over here. Mm. You know, if I just disengage, there's less conflict, there's less drama. And so we're walking away and establishing behaviors built upon the belief that to disconnect is the best place to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other kind of beliefs that get formed by by some of these strongholds that you see? I think... uh, a restlessness. Uh, I was talking with uh, my wife this morning. Just, just there's there's an angst. I think, especially right now, going on uh, throughout our world, our culture of just feeling like something's getting ready to happen. And part of that is because something has has happened, and something has happened again, and something over the last couple of years. It's like we are seeing the unraveling of. Uh, people's lives as well as the world. And I mean, you can't wake up a day, whether or not, whatever source of news or information that you're getting. And I was uh, a strong opponent for years up until the last two, uh, that it's better to not stick your head in the sand. And I think I might be switching on that. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, in a lot of ways, a stick your head in the sand yeah, kind of guy. It's like, if this is what sanity or how it's found, you know, I definitely hit hitting the pause button. If that means to deny this, place of insanity to grab a hold of my thinking then uh, that causes the restlessness then I think hey hit the pause button yeah I've had some conversations with some people recently and it, it feels like 
at any moment the other shoe's going to drop, whatever that means. Yes, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, you said, you know, this has happened and that has happened. And you're like, oh my gosh, what in the world is going to happen next? Yeah. In the uh, world that does kind of you know, present that restlessness. Uh, it does. And we have, we, we have to start doing something with it personally because it will get a hold of us. And um, again, it began that behavior of just um, fear, worry that comes with it. I mean, that too is going to end up being you know, a behavior that that's now rooted in the stronghold of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about what, what kind of gets locked into place when we have these strongholds. So you're listening to a voice of hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Well, welcome back to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall and Chris Sasser. And we are having a conversation around strongholds in our lives. And we just spent a few minutes talking about some behaviors and some beliefs that kind of play into the strongholds that we often have in our lives. So Troy, why don't you take a few minutes to talk us through what are some of the strongholds that kind of lock into place uh, in our lives? So this is good. And it's, um, I'm a visual thinker. So if you can, uh, if you're listening today, you can kind of uh, imagine on a piece of paper that's turned sideways um, and you have, behaviors on the left and beliefs on the right and you can just you just basically can see and draw an upside down triangle or whatever that these are supported by the strongholds in your life that usually go missed um, and what you tend to see are the behaviors and the beliefs and you miss that these are being supported by what i would call strongholds the vices that have locked them in and unless you get at those strongholds, you will probably continue to see the, the behaviors and the beliefs. Mm-hmm. And what I hear you saying is sometimes we attack the behaviors and the beliefs and try to change those. And maybe we can do that for a season, but the stronghold is always going to be there unless we really take time to uncover and, and work with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I do know that um, part of the belief patterns that, that we can work at practically is, you know, we'll be mentioning some of this uh, today, but we'll also be going over some of it the, the next time we meet. And that is just, you know, the whole idea that we have to learn to take our thoughts and put them in a, the right place. But we have to also identify why do we keep doing this? And that's, again, I think goes back to 
of strongholds that we have to, to identify. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of those strongholds? I think one of them that I see regularly is unresolved wounds. Um, you know, we're not going to live in this life untouched and we're going to be hurt. Um, we live in a fallen world. We have to wrestle with uh, the hurts that have been done to us. And if those wounds don't move towards, you know, healing, then I think it creates just as a result of of the pain um, behaviors that we will use to uh, distract ourselves or escape from um, because we also, you know, have these beliefs. And just to just to also talk for a second about beliefs, beliefs are not just thoughts. Uh, thoughts may come in and out of our mind, but I think it's when we begin to really latch onto these thoughts that they begin to get settled and we now are living from a core of belief that's that's inaccurate. So I think wounds are one of those. So can I ask you, and maybe on each one of these, if you're okay, um, what would you say to someone about how they can begin to sort of um, loosen the pressure of the vice of unresolved wounds? One, I mean, there's several things that, um, that I think that we can end up doing. Um, we'll be talking some about this in, the, in our sessions to come, but I, I think one of those real clearly throughout Scripture is to uh, take a risk and talk with someone. Um, this doesn't have to just be a, a professional, although that might be uh, at, in play, you know, at some point and needed. But I think, you know, being willing to take someone um, and cross that threshold of fear and begin talking about your struggles. We all have them. Okay. So what's the next stronghold that you see? I think unconfessed sins. Um, if you think about it, you know, scriptures are real clear that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive. Now, we know that part. We hear that regularly. But this next part, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that whole idea of cleansing is the healing part. But you first have to confess. You first have to take this to to God and sometimes to another one, and we'll get to that verse as well, where you're you're taking this this pain um, of your own sins and your struggles, your weaknesses, and you're saying to another person, uh, or first to God and then to another person, I need not only the forgiveness that Jesus offers, but also the cleansing effect from that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, that cleansing part, I believe, is not just a one time. I think it's an ongoing thing that that the Lord starts to do in our lives. Yeah, and, and how um, freeing is it to, to just feel like you're cleansed all the oh, time? Yeah, right. right. Instead of, you know, the opposite of that, just being, if you will, dirty. Oh, yeah, right? and I think we need it every day. Yeah. <laughs> I know I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think another stronghold is uh, just unbridled pleasure. Um, and I say unbridled in the sense that I don't think pleasure in and of itself is uh, wrong. But I think when, when we begin to live from, from a consistency and a habitual way of life, seeking pleasure, um, it, gets, it gets a hold of us and develops uh, these behaviors as well as the beliefs and we can just be a walking uh, person seeking pleasure in life, and yeah. that leaves so much more out of life that's not realistic because yeah. life is not just pleasurable. Yep. Okay. And then the last couple ones? Yeah, I think another one is just uncharted territory. Now, this is uh, thinking through this, I was like, man, this is not something that we talk about uh, in church life. 
and to the unbeliever or to the person that may still be investigating uh, what they believe about God, this is going to be tough to hear. But the good thing is this, is that I'm not crazy um, if I believe in the scriptures uh, necessarily, but the scriptures could be wrong or not. But this is where I'm going. Uncharted territory is that we have generations after generations of of sins that have affected that next generation. And we see real clearly in scriptures, you might want to dismiss it, but the sins of the father's visits to the third and fourth generation. There's something to be said that we need to take a look of what's in our family history, you know, and even if you do this from a secular standpoint, I remember in uh, my early days of studying psychology, we would look at these genograms of families. And when you look at like the Kennedy family, you see just one, you know, destruction after the other throughout the family. You see uh, suicides. You see all of these things happening. And you have to ask, okay, does does the past in somehow in my family going back, is there something still having a hold of my me or my generation and those of my offspring? Mm. And I think being willing to look at that and know that, look, this is right out of the scriptures. So... We need to look at it. It was not taught to me growing up in church, um, but I would just say through the years in doing counseling, I think there's something to be said. I don't think you, it's for the purpose of blaming, but it is for the pur- purpose of revelation mm. if this is a truth that I need to pay attention to. Yeah, and what I heard you say was that you, you A, believe it's true from Scripture because Scripture talks about it, and B, from your experience right. in talking to so many people, and maybe even you yourself, you see it. I do. In your I life, do. so. Yeah, and I see it's not just for the believer. I'm talking about seeing patterns like this in families of uh, people that are unbelievers yeah. as well. Yep. Okay, one more. Uh, this this last one is, um, I think, really gets at probably, I would say, a core stronghold that all of us have to really wrestle with, and it's this. Um, we're made in his image, if you can follow me here. We're made in God's image. We are not God, but we're made in his image. So there's something about how we were made that is a reflection of who God is. I'm not God, he is. But if I am not careful, there's a fine line to act as if I'm God. And I'll use three words that we've heard uh, heard in religious life. Omniscient. What does it mean? It means that God is all-knowing, but there's a fine line that we act like we are all-knowing. Okay, God is omnipresent. So that means he's everywhere. He sees and he knows all things. Uh, We begin to think that we too can run a life that does everything and be everywhere. And then God is omnipotent. And that means to be all powerful. And I think there's that fine line that we act as if we too are all powerful. So this being said, what do we need to wrestle with? And that is if we're created in his image and we're not these things, but he is, what do we do? And I think this is the word that's a stronghold, which is we have got to be submissive. And so a stronghold is that we are unsubmissive. We are not submitting to the one that created us. And I think this is everyone. No one is exempt from this. Um, But what, what a freedom found in the ability to say, you know, I may be smart. I may know a lot of things. I may have the skills of this or that. I may be, 
you know, able to just live this life where I can, you know, conquer and be quote everywhere. But if I don't have a submission to God, then I'm losing the freedom that God has intended me to find inside of that submission to him, mm. not outside of it. And I think it's it's easy for those of us who are in church world uh, or, or even kind of any Christian community to to sort of miss that, to think that we're surrounded you know, by godliness and, and our Christian community, but we can still be unsubmissive oh, yeah. in the middle of that. So, yeah. okay, so we've only got about a couple more minutes left. Troy, talk a little bit about what are kind of the foundations for the stronghold. I know there are a couple of things that you, you see there. I think that they... Uh, the two words that come to my mind is fear and pride. Um, here's the thing. Both, both of these feed off the falsehood that you do not need God. So when we are f- afraid, don't we, you know, we find it very difficult to let go and give it, give it away and really believe at our core that God's got us. But we also sometimes will delay it so long as if, we know what we're doing, and therefore we don't turn it over. So I think fear and pride are real close to each other. In fear, we panic. We become immobile. And it's as if we're saying God is not enough. And in pride, I think we move in this false perception of who we are that I am or must become my own source. And it's like fear and pride, these are the things that build up any stronghold that yeah. develops in our life. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. So there's a lot to think about there. And I know that we spent a little bit of time talking about what are some ways that we can sort of um, break through these strongholds, but that's really what we're going to spend the bulk of our time uh, next time together talking about not only just identifying the stronghold strongholds, but making sure that we know what it is that we can do to kind of break out of those. So uh, thanks for uh, your time today. If you want to hear more of our episodes, you can go to agape-counseling.org or equipandencourage.com, where we just continue to want to be a voice of hope for you and for the community. So thanks for listening to A Voice of Hope. <laughs>